Welcome to this week's episode of the Founder and the Force Multiplier podcast, where we explore how founders and leaders work together with their right-hand partners to turn ideas into action and build wildly successful businesses. Today, I'm speaking with Andy Culligan and Miranda Berry. Andy is a salesperson stuck in a marketer's body. He believes the only way to achieve revenue growth is a joined by the hip approach to marketing and sales. His core focus is making sure that marketing goals are 100% aligned to those of the sales organization. At andyculligan.com, he helps fast-growing SaaS tech startups reach commercial success through marketing and sales alignment. With close to a decade experience in SaaS MarTech, Andy has built teams from the ground up, managed both marketing and sales teams to pipeline success. Andy is your CMO resource at a fraction of the cost of a full-time resource. Miranda has three years of experience working as a virtual assistant and now works as an executive assistant through Base to Andy Culligan, founder of andyculligan.com, who also happens to be the marketing consultant for Base. She is passionate about providing maximum impact for Andy's business by prioritizing the protection of his time and believes in leading her support for executives through fostering authentic connections rooted in empathy and compassion. I loved talking to Andy and Miranda about their partnership and how they make it work without even ever having met in person yet. Hashtag remote work life. If you enjoyed this episode as much as I think you will, then be sure to let us know in all the usual places, such as leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this episode. Welcome, Andy and Miranda, to the podcast. I am very excited to have you both here today. Thank you. Excited to speak with you. Thanks for having yes, us, Ali. This is your first- Sorry, I just spoke over you for the, the first time I opened my mouth. I'm speaking over people. My apologies. But thanks for having us. <laughs> That's okay. It'll happen again. It's fine. <laughs> You know, so I really wanted to start with you, Andy, about your career journey. And I, I met you, met you virtually through your work at Base. So I'm kind of curious what your background is and and kind of share with me a little bit of your career journey and then how you got partnered up with Base. Okay. So yeah, my career journey is is an interesting one. So <laughs> where do I start? It's always like, do, do I go all the way back or do I just, do I just give the, like the past couple of years? So I... I think it's it's somewhat funny as well because I don't know how much Miranda knows about my all my experience, but like I started working when I was fourteen, so like I've always been given somewhat of like a like a strenuous work ethic. I would say is probably is probably like the best way to describe Miranda's probably like oh that explains a few things. So 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 yeah, I I spent my summers working and like doing things like merchandising, but also working in offices and things like that, and then worked in department stores. I was selling like. I, I went from like selling gym memberships on the street for commission to selling cutlery and silverware to presidents and things like that. And then I, I also, so there's all my uni jobs and I, I worked in the States for a summer. I did like, I worked at a carnival. So I lived in Myrtle beach for a summer when I was younger and I worked at a carnival. So very, very trendy and very, you know, like top class. But so I started my, my real career. I started my career as a seller. So, but I studied marketing. So I started as a seller, so in, a, in an SDR role, which is like a junior seller, like cold calling, basically being, picking up the phone to people all day that don't want to talk to you. That's how I started my career, which is a joy. And then I went into more like account management. And then I decided that I wanted to earn less money. So I went into marketing. But no, like, so I, <laughs> so I, I then, I then, so I, I, yeah, I, I went into marketing then because it's what I had studied. I also, in the meantime, moved from Dublin, where I grew up to Vienna in Austria. So I, I moved to Austria back in 2009. I, my wife is Austrian, that's why I leave her. So I moved here like 2009, which is almost 15 years ago, which is crazy. 
And then I did all types of things. Like, like I did an SDR job for a little while when in German, when I couldn't speak German, which was very interesting. That didn't last very long. And then I, I, I got into, into more marketing lead generation focused roles. And then I started making my way up through other, like other companies. I started doing things a lot in marketing technology. So I became like a, a MarTech expert almost back in the days where there weren't many, right? So we're talking about 2010 where there wasn't much marketing technology on the market. And I, I started running a company with a guy out of Ireland. And we, we if you guys are familiar with Groupon, uh, if you remember Groupon, we ran like an Irish competitor to Groupon, which we built ourselves. So we didn't have any money for an email tool. So we developed one. It, it, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't great, but I learned a lot from that. And then I went on to, to get more into marketing tech, early days of like marketing automation and so on. And I became like very quickly in one company that I was working with, which was a global company. I became very quickly their like global champion for a tool called Marketo. And Marketo is a marketing automation tool and also based on lead gen and so on. And following that, then I, I was, that was a very slow moving, like slow paced company, which was basically just full of old men. Basically the entire industry was just full. Like you go to an event and it's like, oh, the same 50, 75 year olds are here, you know, and they're all white old men and it was super boring. Right. So then I, 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 I then Somebody was looking at my LinkedIn profile one day and I just wrote back, I wrote to him and said like, why are you looking at my LinkedIn profile? And this is actually funny because it's come back around because this guy is now actually one of my clients now, like 12 years later. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. But uh, so then I, I went into the tech space. So that was my first like been in the tech because he wrote back to me being like, oh, that's cool that you're reaching out to me. I was like, well, you were looking at my LinkedIn profile. So what do you want? And he was like, we have a job. Would you be interested in coming on board of being like a marketing automation expert at this company? And it was, uh, this company was, was, was a fast paced tech company. I'd never been in tech before. And I, I got into tech then and my, like immediately it was just like a complete change of pace. Like my head nearly spun off my shoulders, right? Tech, the tech space is wild, right? And, and from then, like I just went, like it just kept on going up and up from there. Like I, 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 I worked hard, right? But I, I made some clever moves, like. I'm of the opinion that like you need to not just ever say oh, work clever instead of working hard. You need to do both, right? But there are some things you can do in order to to get noticed and to help you progress in your career. And I, I did a lot of those things. We can get into that later if you're interested. But then I, I went through, I, I then started leading a global team. And then following leading a global team, I was poached by a competitor. And then I led a global team to the competitor as a CMO role. And then I went up to another CMO role. And I, at the same time, like all this stuff was happening in the background family. I had, a, my wife had a kid. We were married at this point and uh, we were moving house. We were renovating a house. Like, and throughout this, I was building my career at the same time. And it was just a wild time. And I was jumping from like one wild position to the next wild position, crazy growth, like, like requests coming in. Like I'm based in Europe, right? Requests coming in like, I need you to go to a dinner in San Francisco the day after tomorrow. And then I need you to be back the next day in the office to, to, to have this meeting. Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I guess I'll have to sit in this 14 hour flight. So like these times and that, that was normal. <laughs> so, and this went on for years and then pandemic happened. I was already at another yeah. company. I was a CMO there, a small team. We were seeing great results, but it was super exhausting. And I got to a stage where where I was, I was very close to burning out if I wasn't, if I wasn't careful because I was trying to control everything and the team were just, it, it wasn't possible to manage the team effectively. And it, that paired with, I didn't enjoy, I didn't like the way that the company was moving. 
And it was very much on my shoulders to make sure that the revenue was going to go in the right direction. And I didn't agree to the vision. So with that, I just said to the founder, who I had a lot of respect for, by the way, huge amount of respect. I said, hey, look, I'm out. Like, I'm exhausted. If I keep going this way, I'll 100% burnt out. Spoke with a therapist and everything at the time. Wasn't, wasn't, the, right, wasn't the right thing for me. So I, I quit, like with nothing. Like for the first time in my life, I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm going to do, but we'll figure it out, mm. right? And if my wife says that to me, like, you're going to be fine, then like she's like the most risk averse person ever. Like she, she <laughs> will not like... She, she won't be like, like do it because I think it's a great idea and like super spontaneous. She's like, no, like weigh up all the odds, see what's going to work. So then I, I quit. And then immediately people started reaching out to me being like, hey, do you want a full-time position? And I was like, no, thank you, but I'll help. Yeah. And uh, then what happened was, so the same company that, or base is funded by, by, by a private, or not a private equity company, a venture capitalist company called iAlpha. And they're based at Indianapolis. The company that I worked with has headquarters in Indianapolis. So I know a lot of people in Indy, right? Indianapolis is a super small place as well, right? It's it's like it's more of a town or a village than a than than a city, right? So everybody sort of knows everybody. And one of the other portfolio companies from from High Alpha is a company called Casta.io. And it's run by a lady called Lindsay Chapkama. And myself and Lindsay used to work together at Amarsis. She's a, in the meantime a very good friend. And Paige, yeah. who's the CEO at Base. She, she, she had a, an issue with their current head of marketing. Just somebody stepped down or whatever and quit and went on somewhere else. And they needed, they needed a quick fix. And I just said, Hey, look, or, or Lindsay said, I know somebody, maybe he's interested in giving you guys a hand. And that's how the relationship with Bay started. And at that point in time, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, let's see. Yeah. And then with that, right. then very quickly, more and more just started coming in. And I was like, I don't even have a website. What am I going to do? So like, it was very much like, just like, okay, this is a thing now. Now I'm a business owner. Now I've started like my own business. And like, now I have andyculligan.com, which I didn't want to call andyculligan.com. Just put it out there. Hate the name. But okay. I was advised to do that because I was like, everybody knows you. They don't know if you've created a company, whatever. Yeah. Why did you not want to do it? Because it's an ego trip. I don't want to like, gotcha. you know, yeah. that's the, but it works. Like it's fine. Like yeah. it's driving business. So it's fine. But uh, well, look, that I've gone on a massive monologue there for like five minutes. So uh, yeah, I it's up <laughs> that's my okay. Problem. Now I have a I have a lot to pull from. So because I have a lot, bunch of questions here. Well, one of the common threads that I think is really interesting that I think we'll get into when we talk a little bit with Miranda here as well is that the importance of the vision of the alignment of vision between you and I don't know if it was a CEO or the founder, but of that particular that company before you left that you were not in alignment with the vision anymore of where it was going. And that's one of the things that I talk to so much when I'm talking to executive assistants or chiefs of staff or force multipliers, that that alignment of vision has to be that we as force multipliers need to be in alignment with the vision of our leaders as well, or it can create a contentious situation, or it just doesn't, it's just not mot as motivating anymore. So I think it's interesting that you mentioned that because I think it's so true in so many different roles. And then, so when you started your own business, are you now doing, are you like, what do you consider yourself a fractional CMO? Do you consider yourself a consultant? Like, how do you position the work that you do? Never mention a C word around me. Randall will know that you never call me oh, a consultant. Oh, oh, consultant. Okay. Oh, the C word's a dirty <laughs> word in these parts. No. <laughs> it. Okay. So, so, so no, I, so I, I see myself very much as a fractional CMO. I, 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 yeah. I never want to be seen as a consultant because Consultants normally come in, kick over tables and point out things and then run away and say, I'm not going to help yes. you implement, right? That's yeah. not what I do. That's against, that's, that's against everything that I do, actually. 
so yeah fractional cmo it basically it's it's i've seen i've seen that most companies don't actually or it's not 100% necessary for certain size companies to have a full-time CMO. They need somebody that knows what the right decisions to make are based on experience that they have. Because the thing about marketing is it's just one long test, right? And you're placing a lot of bets all the time and hoping that one of your bets is going to pay off. And I've been relatively lucky that I've been in a number of organizations that have had like a lot of funding, okay? And I've made a massive amount of mistakes with a huge amount of money which is not, not something to be very proud of, but as a marketer, it's very helpful, right? So I, I, I've got a general idea of what works and what doesn't work. And with that, I'm not afraid to make quick decisions. And that's, yeah. that's the thing for me. Is, and I found most companies that have like these small marketing teams, they're just taking orders from the CEO. The CEO doesn't really have any clue about marketing or what, like what way is up when it comes to marketing. They'll typically, they'll typically acknowledge that, but the, the person that they've hired from a marketing perspective doesn't know themselves what the right thing to do is. And I come exactly. in and say, Hey, look, do this, do that, do this, this, and this, and that. And then we, we see where we go after that. And the CEO is like, thank God somebody's here to actually tell them what to do. That's the right. That's right. The, that's where I to help strategize mm-hmm. and, and, and implement. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's great. What has been the, what has been your experience so far? How's it felt moving from employee to business owner? Love it. Love it. Like I, I, I make all my own decisions, you know, more or less like it's like it's 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 become more complex at the beginning. It was always like this is very simple. You know, the anxiety is still always there. Like I, I always have this anxiety of being like I need to win more business because if one drops out then you know, I need to make sure that's being replaced. There's always this like build a pipeline in my head. I'm always trying to like be like innovative in terms of, of how we're pushing forward, you know, and that's always like a constant monkey on my back, unfortunately. It's just how I am, right? But, and now there's probably a bit more sleepless nights than before because I now have a team, you know, and there's there's other people that are reliant, that I'm rely, reliant on and also I, like they rely on me, right? So that's that's something, but I, I try not to overthink it too much, but that's easier said than done, right? But, yeah. yeah. And and yet you say all that and then, but your first response was that you love it. Yeah, I love it. I, I know. I absolutely love it. I absolutely. I, I, I've said this many times. I'm not going back to full-time employment. If like, if this yeah. doesn't work out for whatever reason, it's working out very well right now, but if it doesn't work out, then I'm starting something new. So you do something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. So when and why, like what was the, the catalyst for hiring an executive assistant who I assume your first EA was Miranda hey. or have you had in the past sort of sort of i shared an ea with with other execs which was a disaster but first of all because the ea wasn't particularly very good and second of all Mm. because yeah it was just it it was too much pressure on one person's shoulders right to be like organizing everything on behalf of like five people right so yeah you know it can be complex yeah yeah so yeah so when when did i make the decision i made the decision about a year ago and it was it was down to a couple of things. Like my calendar is a mess. Like, sorry, it's it's not a mess now. My calendar was a mess. Right, it was. My yeah. calendar was a mess, right? Like I'm I'm not like I'm not great at organization. Like I'm really good at ideas and pushing people forward and executing and making sure that people are doing the right things. That's where I excel. Yep. Organization is not my strong point. Like the amount of arguments that happen in the Culligan household because of stuff that hasn't been organized correctly or 
or like put in the right drawer or whatever, like is insane. Right. So, so like that, that's just me. I'm just a bit chaotic when it comes to that. So I, I, I got to a point where I was like, people like I'm having to turn away business because I'm just not able to, like I'm spending week, I'm spending hours a week, like trying to manage my calendar, make sure that everything's working out. Okay. Managing my inbox. Like I'm super bad on email, but I'm amazing on Slack. Like email is a disaster car crash of a channel for me. Whereas if you ping me on Slack, I'll get back to you immediately. Right. That's like, that's just how I am. I guess I have like some form of ADHD or something. I, I don't know. That's like just making me just, you know, like I, I see something in there. I'm like, okay, quick. I need to respond. Done. You know, that's yeah. but, but email. It's easy for me to ignore. So I, yeah, it got, it got to that point. And again, it was like myself and my wife actually were talking about it. We, she said like, you need an assistant. Like, like you, you need to, you need to do something here. And again, when she starts giving me like that, like you need to start spending money on something that's like, you know, for your business. And it's, it's like, it's a somewhat of a risk, but she's like weighed up all the odds. I'm like, okay, well then it's obviously the right thing to do at this right time. Right. So, right. so, and that's, that's when I decided, okay, yeah, like, I, I mean, I had the relationship with base already. So base offer EA support. So it was a no brainer then it was very easy for me to to, to get moving with it really. Mm -hmm. And so I believe you work remotely. I'm assuming, Rand, I don't yeah. know where you're located, but I don't think you've ever met in person before. No, I'm based um, out of Florida and Andy is in Vietnam. Yeah. So we've never met in person, maybe one day though. <laughs> yeah. So as a remote EA, like what does, what does your day-to-day -day look like and how have you worked on building a relationship and a partnership with with Andy, particularly remotely, mm. which is more of a challenge. It is. It is a challenge, especially with the time difference. So Andy mm. is six hours ahead. So the the order of in which I do my tasks, I arrange in a way so that it I can spend the maximum amount of time to be able to communicate with Andy in real time when needed. So when I begin my day in the morning, it's already afternoon for Andy, but that's when we have our Slack communications. That's when we have our weekly calls during that time. And then certain tasks that I don't need, you know, to be in communication with Andy for, invoicing, doing certain research, coming up with different documents for him, things like that. I, I can push in the afternoon. So that's kind of how my day is structured. It does afford me a lot of flexibility, though, being remote. So, you know, when things come up with my family, I don't need to leave an office. It's, mm -hmm. it's definitely beneficial in that way. You know, and in terms of building a relationship with Andy, it honestly hasn't been too big of a challenge, to be honest. We, we, we haven't been able to meet in person, but through our weekly calls, we, we catch up on not only, you know, what's going on in his business, but little bits and sprinkles of what's going on in his personal life. And just having that open dialogue really does help build that relationship with him. Yeah. So yeah, do you support Andy on the personal side as well as business? I mean, to a certain extent, his personal calendar is his personal calendar. I don't really do much scheduling and things like that on the personal end, but I think it really helps to know what's going on in his personal life to an extent, you know, just so yeah. that I can really protect that time for him. Like if he has family time, 
you know, there's certain blocks in the evenings that I protect for him because, because he's a, a fractional CMO as well. He has people in the US, Eastern time, as well as all the way in Pacific time that he has to communicate with. So scheduling meetings for him, that doesn't, to make sure that doesn't interfere with his family time, you know, and also just, it, it helps you be more connected to somebody when you know their what's going on in their personal lives as well and not just business they it's humanizing so it's not just business to andy shares that side of his life as well which really helps and when you're remote you really need to build a connection with somebody so you have that i think you mentioned earlier like having that motivation to want to support somebody it helps when the other person is more human and they're just not a workaholic robot, right? So I think that's where we succeed is that we see that aspect of our lives and we kind of respect it and we don't block it off when we don't really try to hide anything like that either. And are, do you share just as much of your personal life too with Andy? Is it like, you know, it's cool? funny. Andy's a much more open person than I am. For the longest time on my Slack, I didn't have a profile picture. And so when I would message people, Andy would joke that I was Miranda bot. But no, he he does know about my family. Sometimes I work from home. So if my kids are home, they kind of poke their heads in and he chats with them. And so we, we do. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Probably not as much. Andy shares a lot. I usually enjoy yeah. his stories more probably than I share my own. But yeah, we do. You know, you, you mentioned that it kind of was maybe you built a relationship quickly or it was easy to build a relationship quickly. I'm just wondering if you, either of you have any advice on like how do EAs and executives go about finding somebody that they can, that they connect with that quickly? Is it that because there's kind of, there was match, like the pro proper matching done on the front end, or is it just based on your personalities that you connected so well? Like, how does somebody really find that person that they mesh with? I think both Andy and I have gone through experiences where we were not matched properly. So I have worked for executives where I it was not a match. And I think vice versa, Andy has as well. So it's partly that screening process, right, where you really kind of when you interview them, when you speak to them for the first time, you, you, part of it is kind of instinctual. Like, you know, if you will be a working match, whether you kind of align on the same values when it comes to your work and your life, those things are really important. And I think it's really important to listen to that instinct. And then there's that other part where you, as an EA, you do mold yourself and your working style so that it can best support the executive. So there has to be a balance of that. I, I don't know. What do you think, Andy? Like what made our relationship work from the get-go? It was pretty seamless, honestly. Yeah, there, I think, well, for me, whenever I hire anybody, there needs to be like a, a chemistry you just it's something it's something anyway like i i can normally tell if it's a if it's a definite no from the very beginning like the from the first the first moment i chat with somebody i can say whether or not i'm gonna i'm gonna hire them now that's probably there's some some form of bias in that that's probably not fair but i can i can always say like from a chemistry perspective from how how you guys 
if you're on the same wavelength or not, right? And that's that's a that's a feeling that I've had anyway, not just with EAs, but but just across the board when hiring. And I've hired at this point, or I've I've been in a hiring process for hundreds of roles, and yeah. I've interviewed probably over a thousand people actually in the past whatever amount of years because I've been at fast growing companies that have I've grown teams from five people up to a hundred people you know and for that to 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 grow to a hundred people in a team or something like that you need to be interviewing i don't know 20 people you know and you can very easily just say this is definitely not going to work from the first moment that you have this like from after five minutes of small talk you can tell whether or not it's going to work right i agree completely yeah Yeah. so 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 but with like with myself and miranda like i think first off it was it was she she was able to get like time to value happen very quickly right so it was it was a noticeable impact for me personally in terms of how I could work and and how that how her being with the team now actually helped me and freed up a lot of time. Like that happened basically within the first week. Right? So I was always like, oh god, this could take forever and it might be more work for me to to hold somebody's hand to show them everything. But like Miranda was just like, "Oh, it's fine. I got it." Like and it it was I I knew I could trust her from the start, and that that just worked really well. And like it, yeah, it it just it just started working very quickly. So so from my side, like that that was the most important thing. Like show time to value quickly, and prove to me that it's it's going to be able. It, it is going to be something that's not just not not an additional time suck for me, and not just a waste of money for me. Right. That's also like that's that's the other thing. Right. That it's. It's like it's a it's it's a it's a it's a business thing at the same time as well. I need to be careful that I'm not wasting money on things that are not making sense. And this, like when I when I look at what like the investments that have that have made from the business for Miranda to be within the business, it's enabled me mm-hmm. to win more and more business. Like so the amount of investment that I've put in has paid itself off like tenfold, based on based on yeah. the work that Miranda does. Right. It's that, that to witness that as well because I. I came in towards the beginning of Andy's business and to see it grow has been really exciting. Like it's very satisfying to see that effect. I, I, I love that you both mentioned that for, for different reasons, but I, I, I think Andy, when you were talking about that, I mean, I, I know we're talking about businesses like that return on investment. It is so important, but I think you nailed it when you said you know, too often, I think executives, entrepreneurs think of hiring an executive assistant as this, this burden and this expense, but really it's this huge investment into the business. And you, you know, you just gave us some more proof that your business was able to grow by making this one higher. And, and that's the whole point, not just, not just the business is going to grow, but you're probably not doing a bunch of stuff that you didn't enjoy doing anyway. 100%. So now Miranda gets the opportunity. 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Like the, the, the 10 hours or 15 hours a week I was doing on scheduled meetings and and managing my calendar and doing all that stuff and making sure it was probably more actually. Like all of that is now solved. Like all travel booked, all my like all of the, the bits and pieces around travel that are booked and like little things, you know, that are also nice as well when you show up at the airport. It's like, oh, I've got you. Like I've made sure that that's looked after or getting it getting like your parking sorted at the airport because I arrived at the airport. I was like, oh, shoot, I forgot. And then I got the message from Miranda saying, here's your parking. I didn't even tell you to do it, you know? Like, but it's, yeah, it's that's, that's a nice little thing. But but at the same time, though, by those hours that I'm saving that Miranda's now doing, I'm able to close more business. Like, the, So 
the time that I've saved, I'm able to put towards new business. So my, my, yeah. the, the issue with my business is it's very hard to scale it because you can't scale my time. So how do you scale me? Like it's not possible. Right. So like the time, my, my time is my money, right? That's what that's like time is money. Everyone says that, but it really for my business, it is. And by freeing up those hours during the week that I would spend on a lot of, for example, Miranda does all my taxation, which is great fun for her because she has to do it all through German, which is also great fun. But uh, <laughs> I, do it, I do it in English. I don't I don't do the German part. But yeah, there is a language barrier. Yeah, yeah. It's a tiny bit. You speak German? I do not. No. 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 I do. <laughs> but, yeah, but, yeah. But, but, so, so, but, but even like that time savings massive. Because then I, I right. again, organizational stuff is not my strong point anyway. I hate it just generally because it, make, it makes me miserable. But at the same time, it also is a huge time suck. So that time that I would have spent on that stuff, I can win two new clients and spend the time with them. Exactly. You know. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's what I just, yeah, that's the beauty, I think, of having a great, you know, executive assistant, executive business partner. You're both working in your strength zones and collectively creating more opportunity more growth for the business. It's a beautiful thing. A couple last questions here. Andy, we'll start with you. What do you think that leaders often get wrong when they're first partnering with an executive assistant? They hold back things. They 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 don't they don't give the they don't hand the keys over. You know, for me, like I, I just I like as Miranda said, I'm a very open person. Right. I'm, but I, I knew as well that I needed to hand the keys over because otherwise I knew it was never going to work. So like Miranda's free reign over my, my email, like whatever, whatever she needs, I'll just give, uh, here you go, whatever you need, you know, like yeah. whatever, whatever's going to make my life easier. And I think executives probably want to keep a certain element of control and maybe don't have that element of trust. If you don't have that element of control or if you don't have that element of trust, sorry, you're still going to be trying to control on all the things and spin all the plates. So your investment is actually not going to work for you because you're not going to allow it to work. So. Yeah. yeah. It's so true because I've it's had real. that reversed where I was in a position where I, I didn't feel that trust. And so it cannot be a successful relationship if there's no mutual trust, because if they don't trust you to handle it, which Andy does. He'll just like from the get go, he's just, this is what I need. And I did it. And it just builds on that. And when that's not there, it is very difficult to have a successful EA exec relationship. Um, mm -hmm. Or even for you, I mean, the trusting for sure, but even for an EA to even be able to do their job if they don't have right. that, that level of access. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah, it's also um, it's also sometimes like I think it, you do need to take a bit of a leap, especially in the beginning. Like if I if I think back on like giving over all my passwords, everything, my credit card, everything to somebody that I've never met. Like here's my passport, here's my credit card, here's all my identification, here's a, here's my entire digital identification. You now own this as well. That's like it's not an easy thing to do, you know. Especially especially if you don't know the person, you didn't get to meet this person in person. Like it's, I get it. Right. Cause I also had the same thing. I was like, I mean, yeah. It takes not, a lot of not, vulnerability. Not yeah. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And that, yeah. Andy, you said that like that little, that leap of faith, 
just I'm going to I'm going to take this next step and and give me and trusting Miranda with your life, really. But then you also mentioned how very quickly, even within that first week, you immediately started to see the value. You probably were able to see that you could count on her, trust her. So even though it's given, you have to if it's given to you, you really need to make sure you grab it and are careful with that trust and and step up to that. Well, yeah, she has, she hasn't, she hasn't flown to Barbados yet on an Irish passport. So like, <laughs> you know, there's always time for it, but <laughs> yeah, but not yet. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Miranda, I just wanted to ask you one thing that you mentioned earlier about the right, the right matches and that you had mentioned that in, in previous roles, maybe you hadn't had the right match within an executive. Could you maybe give us a couple of examples of what that looked like and how you knew it just wasn't the right fit? Yeah, I think one example, so as an EA, you are managing the inbox and all the communications, right, that the executive is doing. One thing I can recall for sure was very early in the beginning, I noticed the way they would communicate to like a client would be different than the way they communicated with me. And that, like with Andy, what you see in here is what you get. And that's true with everybody that he speaks with. So it's very authentic. And that authenticity, you can kind of tell right away whether you're meeting someone in person or working with them virtually like this. So, Mm -hmm. you know, that's one thing that I kind of knew because I value that authenticity very much. Like in my working life, I want there to be that like sincere, kind of open, communicated, communicative relationship. If I don't have that in my working life, like I'm not people have different comfort levels, right? When it comes to like work is work and this is my personal life. For me, I want things to be well-rounded and authentic. And that's just a key word that I live by in all of my life. And I didn't sense that. And so that was kind of a red flag for myself personally. Other EAs, like it really does depend on the EA and their comfort level, I would say. But for myself, I wanted a very real relationship, like somebody that I could in my personal life be friends with if I wasn't working for them. Mm -hmm. And that's, yeah, I, I think for EAs, it's important to not settle because I, I was in that mindset, like, okay, what could I do? What could I change? How can I be doing this differently? To an extent, I think that's really important to have a successful working relationship, but only to an extent, like you don't want to be changing yourself entirely to fit the exact, like it has to be a good match. Right. 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 Because then you would be out, you would have been out of alignment with your own values. Right. If you had done, right. Cause you would no longer have been that authentic person. And what I'm hearing you say is just how important alignment of values is in general in in these partnerships. And from what I know so far of Andy seems like a very authentic individual. So there's that, there's certainly that alignment of, of, of values, which is really important. Yeah. And I noticed that with the people that he's bringing on his team too, I've never been able to meet them, but when I communicate with them, it's kind of a web, right? Like when you meet a best friend or like a partner of a best friend, you're like immediately connect with them because you have that mutual person in between and you're like, Oh my gosh, I feel like I've known you. That's kind of the sense you get. And you can just tell that 
the people and he works with that he's personally picked out. It, it's just kind of like mm-hmm. on the same wavelength. And that's really, really that's, nice that's to have. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's just such a great testament to upholding values and culture and then making sure the people that you bring into your world and organization and partner with are also of the same culture and, and value and mindset. Right, yeah. It's very cool. So what are you both working on next? What's next for you? Well, for myself, so Andy would ask me this question from time to time. Be like, Miranda, what do you want to do? Like, what are you up to next? And so he he inspired me one day when I was like rambling on about what I'm good at, what I like doing. And he was like, project management, like that's that's what you would do. And so I was like, huh. So that's kind of what I've been looking into recently is being certified, you know, in project management and looking at different courses online. Right now, I don't have the time in my personal life with three little kids to go back to school at the moment, but I have been researching that. And so I think that might be my next step. As well as just supporting Andy, he said, you know, his he can't really, he can only scale his business to an extent because it's his time. But to be able mm-hmm. to support him in a bigger role would be really interesting. To travel to Vienna one day and meet the guys that he works with would also be awesome one day. That's, I love that so much. It's very cool. Yeah. So I, I, I think as well, like I, yeah, I, I need somebody anyway on the team. So it's funny because just as we've been having this conversation, my mind is always thinking, okay, what's happening next? And I've just been thinking like, I need a, I need somebody that's going to be project manager for basically all the projects that we're working on anyway. So I was like, oh, maybe Miranda could do that at some point. And I just thought about that like five minutes ago, by the way, while we were talking about something else. So, so, <laughs> so yeah, I think like I, I, I'm going to make sure by all means that Miranda stays on the team regardless. So like if she, if, if Miranda decides I want to be a project manager, then we'll figure out a way for her to be a project manager at AndyCullican.com. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Like, Miranda put it that way is I, I think from, from my perspective with the business right now, I'm trying to really, because I've grown the team from me to others. So there's other people on the team now. I need to, I need to make it a real business. It's not real. It is a real business, but it's not. As I said to you from the beginning, it was like, I was the biggest, I, I was the most shocked out of everybody that this thing was working out. Like I was like, oh, I have a business now. Look at this. And that happened yeah. very quickly. Right. And I need to now make it into something that is, it is professional, but it needs to be more professional. It needs to be better organized. I'm not the guy for organizing it. So there you go, Miranda, might be an opportunity there. But so, so I'm doing things like now I, I'm doing, I'm bringing the other guys that are on the team. They're both based close enough by, like they're not based in Vienna, but not far. That's the beauty of being in Europe that people can travel very easily. Yeah. Like they're hours away, like not very far. I'm going to bring them over to Vienna in the next couple of weeks, make sure we do a proper photo shoot, make sure that the website is updated with everybody on it. We're going to be sitting down and really mapping out the future of andyculligan.com and what that will look like. Mm-hmm. Like what's our mission? What's our vision? I, I, I know what that is already. I know from my side, like is to like from, from my side, it's, it's, it's removing this consultancy thing and being like undeniable. I wanted to make sure that like whatever we do, we do it undeniably and people can never point the finger and say it's because you didn't work hard enough or because you didn't do X, Y, Z. So that's what, that's what I always make sure that we're doing on all projects. But we need to like translate that into how we present ourselves to the world. And that's, that's the next thing for me, for the businesses to really make it into that. And there's so many other things going on at the minute. Like it's, 
it's it's like it's the stuff that's closer to home is always the stuff that so, struggles because we're putting the effort into into our clients right so but, uh, but yeah I do. that is very very exciting i'm excited to see to see the growth and see the the, the website revamp and and to keep watching what you both are doing because it's very very cool and i love seeing the dynamic between between both of you it's very it's very awesome for me to see that to see another you know partnership really have that great vibe and thank you both so much thank you sure, sure.